You are listening to Stream, the South African mental health and business podcast where we have conversations about navigating through struggles, achieving success, and people's secrets to reaching optimal performance. Welcome to the episode where I am going to be sharing my career over the past 16 years, how I started my own business at 25, how I went on to start a couple of businesses thereafter, and how I've ended up here, lying on my couch in my little home studio, in my robe, recording my first solo podcast episode, which is something I said to myself, I'll never do. I said, why the heck must I record myself and people have to listen and tune in to me talking. I'm not a Jay Shetty. I'm not a Lewis House. I'm not a motivational speaker or a coach. Um, but yeah, I am sharing my story. Okay, the reason why I'm also sharing my sort of career um, up until this point is because I've actually gotten a few people ask in the past. And one very special lady, Zanthi, this one's for you. Um, has asked me to share more about my career background and how I took the leap in starting my own business and actually making a profit um, in running a service-based industry, then starting a product-based industry, etc., etc. So Zanthi from the Digital Collar, this is a little shout out. This is for you. Thanks for the nudge. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it comes. Okay, I've got a post-it note. And as I say, I'm lying on my couch here in my robe it's really cold outside and let me take you back to 20 hmm now I have to think 20 no that doesn't make sense 2007 sorry I just turned 36 and I think um, things are going a bit south in my head um, this week so in 2007 um, I was studying PR at Cape Tech, now known as CPUT. The reason why I decided to study PR was because there was no reason behind it because I had no freaking clue what I wanted to study. All of my mates were going to Stalys, Stalamash, or UCT. And although I just wanted to follow the crowd, um, mainly for the purposes to keep up with my social life, I loved a party. Um... Uh, I wanted to say I still love a party, but that would be an absolute lie. If a party consists of a bra and having your friends over and drinking wine, then yes, that's my type of party. Basically, I then decided that there was something within me that said, don't go to Stellenbosch, don't go to UCT. There aren't any courses that actually um, are appealing to me. And one of my best friends um, from school, he let she was studying PR, she was a year above me, and I looked up to her and heard a lot of what she was um, what she was uh, learning, and I decided, let me take a risk and, and try out what this thing is called PR, I've got no freaking clue what it is, anyways. Um, so then within our third year, you are having to uh, apply for at businesses and agencies to get practical experience um, to qualify and get your diploma. And now how it works is Mondays to Thursdays, you work at the agencies 
um, or companies. You can also go in-house corporate companies. And then on Fridays, you go to Copetech CPUT for classes. So it was a very interesting year. So that's basically my third year. Super young, um, super naive, and you get thrown into the world of learning very quickly um, what PR is. Um, and so many, so many people that I studied with didn't go on to actually stay in PR because it's such a damn cutthroat business. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain now why. So I got the opportunity to go work at a consumer lifestyle agency. And it was pretty hardcore in the sense that I really looked up to my boss, the, who she was at the time. I think like 30, 31, I remember it being so old, 10 years older than me, and really admiring how she had built this company and was representing brands like Mars brands, like M&M's and all of Paul Kavinsky's restaurants in Cape Town, like The Cove and Bungalow. And um, I did just say M&M's, hey? <laughs> and anyways, so... How it works, just to rewind a little bit, but these companies come and talk at CPT on a specific um, day, whatever, uh, I can't even remember what the class was called. And then you get to go put your name down, send your CV and you get called in for interviews and then you hope you get the job. Now, myself and a few friends put our names down for this specific company because the presentation was so damn good. And when you're seeing really well-known consumer brands on a PowerPoint presentation, you are very quickly um, sort of, there's this illusion that PR is going to be such a glamorous, incredible um, industry to be in. You're going to be throwing event parties and you know I just said I like a party and it's going to be all about Mochand on champagne and lint chocolates on arrival which was like the go-to to every for every event back then and um, applied and fortunately I got the job now I must like insert a little um, sneaky sneaky here he let my friend that I mentioned earlier mentioned to me that this company that I really want to work for her um, a friend of hers who she's studying with is the in current intern there. And if I want to get the job, this boss will be very, very impressed if whoever applies actually goes to the play park, which the case study is that we have to um, have to do, talking in riddles, yeah, and takes photographs of this play park, shows the like, Canal Walk shopping center and where and how we'll do the PR, etc. Anyways, I've got the inside info. And I got the job. So that first year was hardcore. I remember walking into those offices and the perception that you have uh, may have about me now um, is, I, I can guarantee you, 100% different to the perception you would have um, of me back then because I was super submissive, very shy, um, very, yeah, uh, didn't have a fucking backbone most of the time. And so when I walked into these offices and it was shared offices with a tech company, a startup tech company, and there were 60 employees and yeah, I went to go sit at my little desk and having to completely be thrown in the deep end, pick up the phone call, chat and the whole office is quiet and everyone's listening to you. Like that is like my worst nightmare. Now I don't mind so much, but then and that was a struggle for many years because most PR um, 
uh, offices are like that, open space and open plan, you are so insecure. And I just gave it my all because I am a people pleaser, recovering people pleaser now. And I wanted to impress my boss and I performed. I performed so hard that within the space of a year, I was very quickly promoted. I started employing the interns underneath me. So the CPT interns that followed, I'd interview all of them, take them on um, and manage them. Then things progressed even further. My boss trusted me so much that she then um, I, I started employing even more st- senior staff. So that was a massive learning curve is like getting over the fact uh, that I'm employing people three years my senior or four years my senior. So there's a lot of t- like, and, and, I'm a, and I'm very soft in the sense that I take on things very personally. I'd go home at night. I'd cry. I'd say I can't do this. I can't be like in an industry and in a job that every single day I feel uncomfortable. I'm constantly pushing, trying to perform, but at the same time, um, yeah, just insecure, fucking insecure. Now I look back and I was like, yes, see, you'd completely take your job differently back then. I'm also very grateful that I'm an 80s baby and throughout, okay, 80s doesn't really count that I had much to gain from the 80s, but my sister's four years older than me. And so I feel like 80s had a massive influence as well as, of course, the 90s. Um, on what I believed was hardworking, no idea what mental health was. So late hours, putting in the effort, if your boss asked you to work late, you did it. Like the only way I could describe my first working experience is Devil Wears Prada vibes. So different to how um, companies are, are structured now, how companies prioritize mental health and how employees like a <laughs> been exposed and uh, strategized and inputted with businesses where I'm just like so impressed but also like in shock of young people entering the workplace and sort of demanding how they want the working environment to be or and and I just still have this very um yeah it was hard times that I went through but I've got so much respect for that time period and how we all that went through it made it through this period of it was hard like like hard as in hardcore (laughs) and anyways so that was the foundation of my PR experience and I always had this sort of attitude of like I'm not going to be in this industry forever I hate being a glorified salesperson right about now is a good time to explain to you what PR is if you're not too familiar because let's be honest even when you work in PR it takes you a bloody long time to understand what it is so I don't blame you if you're not not 100% sure it's being a in let me just yeah try dumb it down to make it sound um yeah so basically it's being like a publicist for either person or brand and your responsibility your sole responsibility is to generate publicity for your clients so your clients pay the your company a retainer per month and you are responsible for generating publicity so whether it's print online broadcast 
Um, and then obviously later on, social media has become part of campaigns, which when I started, it was, it was non-existent, thankfully, because um, there was too much already going on. And so, yeah, it is really hardcore because you don't, you can't pay a journalist to write an article when it comes to PR. That's, that falls within marketing and advertising. So PR was an interesting and, yeah, trying time. You have to be a glorified salesperson who picks up the phone, who's constantly pitching in stories and a journalist is telling you, uh, I'm not going to write about it, it's irrelevant. And then you have to go back, especially if you had a boss that I like I had, who said, what other angle had, did you try? And then after the fifth time in a status meeting that's saying like the week in August does not give a rat's ass about the chocolate brand we are representing, my boss would come back and go think about another angle. So at the time, it was super strenuous, super frustrating, but also the best damn experience I could have ever had because I was constantly challenged, constantly just uncomfortable. Then I decided to take on working in the UK. And I, being the shy little girl that I was, I wasn't going to tackle that on my own. No ways. Uh, because I was in a codependent relationship and... My boyfriend at the time had said he wants to go to London, let's do it. And of course, I was like, I'm in, I'm game, let's go. So left my very comfortable position as an account manager, which I scaled to quite quickly. Um, also, the, the perks of working in such a small company it was very, very small. Um, and then went to London and thought at that stage, time which was about I was about 23 I thought I was like way too old to be going to London because all my mates had done that as a gap year or had done it at a time after studies where they didn't go directly into line of what they were um the industry that they were wanting to go in they were doing things like putting up posters in the tubes at 2 a.m in the morning being a barman or being a waitress or you know, doing temp work. So by the time I went over, I was quite overwhelmed in, th in, in having to try and find a job within my industry. I was also not willing to go into another industry because I wanted to rack up experience within PR. That was what I knew. That was what I wanted to go into. But no one would touch me. A recruitment company wouldn't represent me because in PR, you have to, of course, have net a network. You have to have um, journalist contacts contacts and know who the media are know who the celebrities are I mean like if I thought that I was um, getting to rub shoulders with the celebs when I was living in South Africa and working in PR in Cape Town um, <laughs> and now these were the days before influences eh um, your, our rugby players and our singers and actors, they were the only celebs we had. So anyways, I didn't know any of that in the UK. And those are real, real uh, celebs back then. Even a reality star becomes like a, a real celeb. And what I mean by real is they've got a massive, crazy amount of uh, like followers, audience. I don't know why I'm saying followers because back then... Actually, bloody hell, how did we? That like we didn't even have Instagram and I'm just trying to think of my London days. Hey, how were they celebs with their big followings? Oh my gosh, what were they using? What were those other platforms? Anyways, <laughs> Facebook for, for for sure. Okay, so no one would represent me and I very quickly went into a downward spiral and got quite depressed. 
actually get quite sad thinking about the conversation that I had with my folks um, two months ago. They came to visit us in Potchefstroom, where we currently are, for our season of my husband uh, working the corporate ladder. And my mom mentioned that she still remembers coming to visit me for the first time in the UK, which was four months after I'd moved there, and just see, having quite a shock that um, she saw me that way because she'd never seen me so upset and just dull because I am in generally a very happy um, person. So anyways, things spiraled quite quickly because I struggled to get a job and I... As shy and codependent as I was, I was never comfortable being dependent on someone else financially. So uh, I also felt pressure to get a job ASAP and did one or two little temp jobs in between um, of like standing in for a secretary. My friend at the time who I was living with, um, Kim, She'd been in the UK for long enough, so she gave me a recruiting company who does temp jobs. And oh, my word, was that an eye-opener experience. That's, that's, yeah, it was not a very good day. Um, But, uh, and thankfully, I had friends like Kim and like Alicia, um, hopefully they're listening right now, um, to carry me through those very heavy times and accompanied with the struggle to find a job and facing all this rejection by picking up the phone to recruiters and just not getting anywhere. I had these friends who were in the UK, South African friends in the UK for much longer, a couple of years, and they were, they'd pick me up, like literally physically, would and mentally would pick me up by calling me, by Kim and I lived together, by she was cooking for me. We'd watch um, the reality TV shows at night together, drink wine together. Alicia also, like friends would take us out, get us to see London um, and actually enjoy London because we had moved at a time where it was starting to uh, transition into winter period. So very, very dark when we were going to work, dark when we were coming back. I say to work, but like, yeah, I did I did eventually get a job, which I'll say now, or share now. So basically, yeah, all of that, all of the change, the discomfort, not having your family, and even having a support system of friends there, London is still very lonely, very lonely, because majority of the time and when you're commuting, you are so exposed to this intense energy of all these people rushing to get to work and having been brought up in a very Afrikaans school and manners being a very big part and manners and etiquette being such a big part of our upbringing. Um, I remember getting onto my first tube with Kim and her going like get on now not understanding what was going on because if we didn't she she didn't shove me onto the tube which already when the doors opened was completely packed there wasn't a space for a worm but you push and you make a space um if it wasn't for her we wouldn't have gotten a tube and I would have been late for my first interview so anyways that was like because men were just there was no such thing as ladies first etc etc men were just shoving pushing elbowing so then I finally got an opportunity to have an interview with the recruiter. And the only reason why he was happy to see me was I phoned him a few times 
finally plucking up the courage and getting a bit of a backbone at that age. I'm still very proud of that version of me because I phoned and I motivated why I need to see him. And I'd worked thankfully on a lot of very popular brands so that were international, like Harley Davidson. So I could drop those names and finally get an interview. Then when I got this interview and he started lining up um, interviews at companies. So that set me up um, for getting work experience in London. And that was one of my ex-colleagues from Cape Town, um, Louise, who is British. And she came down from London to South Africa for her boyfriend at the time. And I still interviewed her to get a job at our company. So then... The roles reversed, she did me a favor and she put me in touch with the agency that she worked at in London called Frank PR before she left to go to South Africa. And they were happy to see me for an interview, one of the directors. And then I got a three month freelance job there. That was incredible. I also really quickly realized that I thought I knew that I was really good in PR because I knew what, what, how to like strategize, create campaigns and implement them. Oh my word, was the the UK was completely different, it still is, in terms of how there were just so many opportunities within PR. PR, first of all, was so well respected as opposed to South Africa. Literally everyone thinks and or thought then in South Africa it was just you organized little events and, and did little parties for brands just to generate publicity. And there it was strategic. The brainstorm sessions that I sat in, I was probably silent for the first like couple of weeks in brainstorm sessions because everyone had such epic ideas and anything would go. It was such an incredible learning um, period for me. The brands we represented were really well-known um, British brands. It was this massive office space with all the awards on the one side, big television screens with all the BBC and different news channels on. It was just incredible. But at the same time, again, entering this world of being completely uncomfortable, having to pick up the phone, speak to British press, trying to get like publicity, trying to pitch in stories that are so unconventional that I didn't believe would sell or, you know, anyone would write a story or create a, or what do you call it, uh, confirm an interview. Anyways, long story cut short, I loved my period and time there and was really, really hoping that they would uh, employ me full time. But unfortunately, what happened is they never extended my contract. Although I got along with my di director really well, they had employed a British girl to take on um, the position or the, the, or that they wanted to fulfill and my freelance job was over. Did I feel like cuck. I felt so shit. I felt obviously rejected. They there was an opportunity for a permanent staff member and yeah waltzes in a local and gets the job after I've been there for three months and I thought I'd three months to prove how like what an asset I can be. So then what happened was contacted the recruiter again and my quest of looking for a permanent job started. 
And it was depressing. It was so depressing. Um, I also put on quite a lot of weight, typical Heathrow injection, because the only way I could stay happy, like this is obviously, this is not advice to anyone who's young listening, but this was back then was pub lunches, drinking beer and drinking cider. That damn recorderlich company, I should sue them for what it did to my body. Oh my word, that is delicious cider, sugary cider. That eight kgs later, um, I was just not in a good space. I'd always been a runner, absolutely loved spending time in the mountains and running by the sea. And of course, over there, weather was most of the time really horrible um, for when at least the season that we moved over was winter over there. And so, uh, yeah, everything was very, very, very hard. Then fast forward a couple of years, we, d- we moved back, my boyfriend and I at the time. And moved back to South Africa. Oh, I didn't mention in between. I got a really cool job, sorry. Just after, <laughs> I'm like jumping around here. Yeah? Just after I had this work experience at Frank PR and things were depressing. There was light at the end of the tunnel. And I finally got placement at a corporate company called Conan Wolf. And they looked after me so well for two years. Um, what happened just before that though was I had an interview at a company which was everything that I thought I wanted. It was, you walked in, Victoria Beckham and all the British celebs were in um, photos with the employees and with the direct, with the boss um, in frames, going up the stairway, um, beautiful townhouse and... I got two interviews, got to round two. Third interview was to go in and write a press release, which is basically an article on Swarovski and submit it after an hour. And I sat there and the internet wasn't working because I wanted to research a few things. Uh, That wasn't working and I hit uh, writer's block and I wrote two sentences. It's probably the most embarrassing, one of the most embarrassing days of my whole career and I was distraught I walked out I was like really wanted this job because it was the perfect limelight um, fashion PR beauty PR and yeah I destroyed it needless to say I didn't get that but got the job at Conan Wolf they looked after me super well got to represent brands like Colgate Universal Pictures um there were a lot Ferrero Rocher chocolate seems to find me hey um also quite a lot of alcohol brands and that period was really there were a lot of good times because the company treated us so well I remember like one of my favorite nights was Thursday nights because it was bar nights and we got like free alcohol and got to mingle and then Fridays were sweet bowl days where they'd have like all the Haribos and all the best British sweets in these bowls and come and drop it off at your sections and anyways that company was really incredible everyone looked after us and I had an amazing team of directors that really helped me scale and um, and some interesting times there. But then, I mean, it was so good that I, cr- I remember leaving and crying. And my wine director is like, why are you crying? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys just meant so much to me. Only two years short. 
then moved back to Cape Town. Now I had a clear understanding of what the heck PR actually was in terms of it being so the opportunities of creating unconventional campaigns and not following the norm of just your standard PR publicity. And I joined one of my um, friend who was a colleague of mine before I left um, Cape Town at the previous company. And she was at this new company, this dynamic um, ad agency in Cape Town called Bletchley Park at the time, run by John T. Fisher. And I just remember it being so damn cool. Almost as cool as the UK and London, but now I've gone from like traditional PR in, in Cape Town to getting London experience to coming to an ad at an agency. So things were spicy. Things were good. And that was in like 2013. And I remember really enjoying it and, and having exposure into the different divisions because now it wasn't just a PR based company. And I was exposed to like the lure, the ad um, Lurie's, uh, the advertising awards every year and, and that whole dynamic that I had never been exposed to before. So things were really exciting. But there was something in me where I was still unhappy. And I realized at a very young age, at 24, 2025, that I just wasn't happy working for someone else within this field and industry because it is so cutthroat. You are literally sitting with pressure every single day from six to seven different clients that you're representing and all of them are wanting publicity because they're paying a lot of money and you needing to generate something that you have got no control over. You've got no control over if you're going to get 10 pieces of publicity for Colgate, which is part of the KPIs for that month. So every single day, it was a lot of pressure and it was picking up the phone and again, being out of your comfort. So anyways, I just came to realize that I'm just not comfortable in coming to work every single day, being a bit a little anxious, being a people pleaser and having to not have control over my day, over the brands that I get to work with. So I approached my friend who got me the, the interview there and the job essentially. And I said to her, let's start our own agency. And that's how literally, okay, can I be real honest? Because this was so many years ago. 25 I was, she was 23, and we were at uh, friends having a casual dinner and a casual uh, spliff. Took a drag of weed, this is obviously way back then. Talking about weed is a conversation for another day, I don't do it um, anymore. Um, and I had this brainwave, like I had weed in, in my youth to thank for the creativity because I had this confident brainwave, which I'd never had had or would taken a lot longer um, to have it uh, if I was sober. And I just looked at her and I said, we should start our own agency. And she, as confident, as go-getter, as driven as she is, she said yes. And that's how we got started. And if I commit to something, something my mom always said, since I've been a little child, I will carry on and push hard until I achieve that. So we decided at this very young age to start our own agency because disclaimer, in PR, all you need is yourself to be the service um, and you need a computer. Uh, oh my gosh, even at another, I said that I loud, even installed a landline. 
Ah, my word. Obviously we did because we used telephones then. Um, well, I suppose, yeah, anyways. <laughs> and we installed a landline in my, my old bedroom at my folks. Again, I have my folks to thank for always supporting me and being so willing to back my crazy ideas. I said I left the company that we were working at first. She left a month or two later and I set up our offices, our um, desks were all doors on um, that we um, created desks for. We had a landline, we had our own internet. It was, we were ready to rock and roll and we had our 4,000 Rand laptops each and we got stuck in. So when she joined me after a month, we just started to like network. We had no clients at that stage. So when people ask me how we took the leap, I was fortunate enough in having a bit of savings, nothing major, and just being so naive and positive that it was going to work. Now that I think back, like I can't even remember like how I paid for medical aid or all those things. It was all probably just out of my little bits of savings because we didn't run the business for too long before making money, which was we didn't know at the time was going to obviously happen. So started this company and then in two months, everything changed. And I think the reason till today why we were so successful so quickly was because NPR, it's all about connections and we were offering a service at a time where no one was offering social media um, services because that didn't exist. You only as a brand went to an agency that offered like marketing or advertising. And there were a couple of PR agencies at the time, but they were all very old school and traditional. And we said, no, we are going to be unconventional. We're going to create PR campaigns like they create in London. And we were so hungry. We were so driven. There was just no chance for us to fail because we were the service at the end of the day. So we knew that it just took one client that we could run board under our company name and then the ball will start ro start rolling. We were really so, so confident and it happened. First, first client rolled in, small retainer, very small, like couldn't even pay a salary for one of us. Then next retainer. Then within the first six months, we got to pitch for two really big brands, one alcohol brand portfolio and another um, retailer, which I can mention, Cotton On. Cotton On had not um, appointed any PR companies at that stage because it was very new to when they, they moved to, or when they opened up in South Africa. Um, they were looking for a hungry, dynamic team to come on board. And to, basically all of these brands just wanted you to come on board as an agency, but work with them as if you were in-house. And now being too young, very eager, ambitious people, pleasers, but also really hardworking and good at what we did, we got we won pitches really quickly because like Cotton On, they took us on board. We pitched against a massive, well-known South African PR agency. But what we had and they didn't have was you were going to be working with us as seniors. You weren't going to be pitched to by the senior directors and then passed on to juniors and balls were going to drop. So that's where there was, it was very beneficial for us and how we got so many brands on board so quickly is because we gained over their trust because they knew that we were going to be the ones generating publicity, doing all the work, et cetera, et cetera. 
So things went really, really well within the first six months. Within a year, our turnover was just over a a mil and then we doubled it to over like 2.5 mil and then after that, three mil. So it 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 scaled really quickly and it was purely based off of our drive and our connections and we gave it our all but we were a very good duo um so our strengths and sort of weaknesses balanced each other out then i did that for seven years representing brands like cotton on like surf fruit quite a lot of like south african well-known restaurants alcohol brands um we even worked with more corporates and did campaigns with fashini and we yeah things were on a roll and we uh employed we grew our team to 12 employees at a stage and i my that underlying feeling of not enjoying pr was still something that was there and i always felt this need for something else or something else and how i redirected it was we then mixed up our roles so that i could then purely focus on new business um, pitches and strategies or putting together the strategies to get on new business, but then also strategies for the team to then implement. But I didn't want to do any of the um, pitching for publicity. So not the phone calls every single day to generate publicity or the emails per day. So I was managing that section of strategy and then also uh, recruiting and HR. Those were the st- two pillars that I focused on. And because of that, I was fiery, ambitious, and super motivated for the following couple of years. Then it reached a point where I felt that I wanted to move from having an agency. It was incredible at the time. And my business partner and I really achieved so much together and had incredible trips from traveling to New York, to the UK, to even doing like a Euro trip and and visiting PR companies in Amsterdam. And I just got to a point where I felt that I needed to move away from the industry, like this inner voice was telling me, no longer wanted to be involved with this client side, um, creating new strategies constantly and working like having a team basically I used to say it's like having a family and kids and with me being as emotional as I am there was a lot of attachment to things emotionally so a lot of drained energy highs and excitement but also yeah a lot of like being really really tired and fatigued and just wanting to exit wanting to a big part of it was also at the time as my now husband at the time was we were long distancing I wanted to have the flexibility and the freedom, no longer have a team that I'm managing and this little family of ours. I wanted to be able to work remote, move to where Rocco was and not have the guilt of being away from the agency. Because at the beginning, I did do quite a bit of travel. And every time I was away, I had this instant guilt of not being at the agency and being there for the team. And so anyway, so that was what came about. And it was an incredibly tough period because I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do next. I knew what my skills were. I knew how to make money. 
but how to make money purely off of a PR agency, which we later on did um, expand to do social media because that sort of came into to play a couple of years later. But that was the only way I knew how to make money was off of that service. So I wanted to exit it, but now how the heck am I going to make a living off of something new? And what is that something new going to be? I'm not going to bore you about the brainstorming and how, how I came to where I found figured out what I wanted to do next. But what I will tell you was that transition period took me about two to three years before I left the agency and I was very transparent with my business partner and just said, you know, that I don't want to be in this forever. And it took me about three years before I actually said, okay, listen, let's talk about an exit strategy. How do we sell, like how do I sell my 50% shares? And we started those negotiations. And that's an awful thing to go through, especially for two very good friends who'd been working together for so long, but also we were integrated, our like families and our lives were integrated. And then to start basically, which is a separation, felt like felt like a divorce. And we were going back and forth with contracts for almost a period of six months um it wasn't a it wasn't a great time and there was a lot of like stress sadness anxiety around that itself but at the same time I wasn't 100% sure what I was going to do next I just knew at that time when the decision had come I needed to exit and I needed to also exit for my mental health to move on to something new and I no longer at the time wanted a business partner because I really wanted to be in control of growing my own skill set my own being in control of my own revenue and risking it on my own because I felt like I was used to these codependent relationships with my previous partner with my previous business partner my previous like romantic partner that I really need to 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 go on this journey on my own so anyways so that was a six-month process now a company that I started that I haven't mentioned yet is two years after starting the PR agency, uh, one of my best friends and I, Nicole, started Wellness in the City, which is an online platform um, creating content for wellness and fitness brands. So that's a conversation for another episode because I'm going to digress too much. But that was an amazing experience and another experience that I had having a business partner. And we I ran that alongside to running the PR agency because the wellness in the city was a passion project so that I could tap into it and tap out of it when I had capacity to work on it and it wasn't my main revenue stream of course the agency was so anyways so then the six-month process of the separation was awful as I mentioned and I knew I had to take on this journey of starting my own thing and finally when when our contracts and, and everything was signed and shares were like handed over. I then, it was, you know, I visited Rocco at the time in Gauteng. And while I was there, uh, COVID happened. Well, COVID happened. The announcement for the national lockdown happened. And it couldn't have come for me. I know it's just, it brings up so much like, it was a sensitive time or a lot of people got a sort of trauma around it and, and had a lot of, there was a lot of job loss and a lot of things and, and freaking yeah, loss of, of friends and family members. But it was a period that actually did me so well because Rocco and I, shame for him, but moved in with my folks thinking that it was going to be a two-week shutdown. 
ended up being two to three months. And I had this new incubation period of going, what the heck am I going to do next? And that is where Stream evolved. So I had the backing of selling my shares. So financially, I was backed and had financial security to start something new, but to take time off. I thought initially I was going to take time off for, for the remainder of the year, which was like almost, what was it? Almost like nine, <clears throat> excuse me, nine months. But in me, I have this fear of, or had this fear of running out of funds and didn't want to spend, you know, all my investments and my, my savings into me just figuring out what to do. So I really quickly came about wanting to start stream specializing in strategizing with small businesses and helping them scale their businesses through teaching them marketing and PR and social media um, and then starting the online courses that I did um, and then scaling from there. So that was a very interesting period that all happened in 2020. What was fantastic about that time was everyone was so supportive of one another. So I launched Stream and immediately started gaining a following and interest and support because when I launched it, I essentially just launched it to highlight other people's businesses, other people in business and their mental health um uh, like practitioners, etc., and feature them on my social media platform. So that got a lot of interest. And of course, mental health was such a crucial period for, uh, what do you call it? It was so crucial during that period in 2020. So yeah, I feel like I've, I've, I've given everything in a nutshell. I feel like there's certain things that I still want to speak about in a bit, bit more depth. Um, but that is the basis of my like overview of my career without going on for hours um and then also yeah I, I think I've gotten questions like how did I sell my shares and how did we double our revenue and what are this is not going to be one of those practical videos of sharing you five tips of what you must do because every damn company and industry is so different and ours and why we was so successful with the PR company was because it was service based and the service was based off of us and our doing and our input. So that did really, really well. And we worked with a lot of liquor companies who had the big budgets. So we were strategic and just, I think even over and above strategic, we were just so passionate and driven to perform for clients that like I said earlier, it was almost like we couldn't fail. So that is everything in a nutshell. That's how I got to where I am now. And all I can say now is that I'm in my absolute best part of my career to date because yes, I'm doing things that are uncomfortable, but nowhere near as uncomfortable as I did in my 20s. I say that, but maybe why it also wasn't was more uncomfortable then was because I was very much a different person. Now I am more, you know, self-aware and secure and independent and um, I've done a lot of therapy and work because coinciding with all of this work experience that I had over the years, there was a lot that happened personally and a lot of trauma and things that I went through that strengthened me as an individual. So where I'm at now and what I absolutely love about what I've created with Stream is I went from working one-on-one -on -one with strategy for startups 
to realizing that people pleasing me is getting too stretched across working different industries and different brands and feeling like every single time I have a strategy call that it needs to be excellent and I need to give so much and and almost questioning my worth and my value after each session or before each session more after each session I felt good but that got so taxing but then everything fell into place so beautifully and from working in a specific way to making these different revenue streams I had moved into investing in just a total of four companies of which Stream is one of them. Um, Customex is another one which imports luxury um, products from Italy into South Africa, more specifically glass chillers and decor items. So they are pretty silent um, on social media uh, with sharing that, but that runs in the back end. Um, and then I am involved with um, helping uh, the digital collar. I strategize with them and their social media company. And of course, as you may have seen, I am part of the Fit Mom team. So that was an absolute like dream come true, being such a fitness like fitness fanatic again whenever I say that I cringe but anyways I the reality is I absolutely love exercise and movement and not obsessive just part of my everyday life I love it and got the opportunity where Ash the founder of Fit Mom after she's run the company for seven years so successfully and we'd worked together on a monthly basis where I just inputted strategically she brought me on board as a business partner and being in a healthy business partner relationship where I look up to her and her values are aligned with my values and every single day I get to learn from her but at the same time we get to both work within our passion and we've got a strong why we do this is the most fulfilling thing ever I wish that I could you know, share this, I should actually, I'll share this in a different episode on, on whether you should have a business partner or not, but really what we are able to achieve together and how much I've learned from having previous business partners and investors, it is so rewarding when you, when you find the one, Ash, don't drop me. Um, when you find, I think that's also the beauty of starting things that are much older age where you are more self-assured and more confident in yourself um so yeah that that's a conversation that i'll definitely have talking about whether you should have a business partner or not what the perks are what the risks are um and that is my little bit of my career in a nutshell thanks for listening hey guys it's me again i hope you enjoyed today's episode If you did, please can you subscribe so that you are notified as soon as new episodes drop and share the stream podcast with your friends and family and co-workers who are just as inquisitive as you are about learning and improving their quality of life. And then lastly, if you want more mental health and business resources, inspo and podcast recommendations, just a reminder to subscribe to my monthly stream newsletter. No spam, just pure, positive value delivered straight to your inbox.